Hurry into Ram Power Days and experience the raw power of the Ram 3500 with available best-in-class torque and towing among 350-3500 pickups when properly equipped. Strap yourself in for one powerful ride in the Ram TRX with the most horsepower of any gas pickup ever built. Or the Ram 1500, awarded number one in driver appeal among light-duty pickups by J.D. Power three years in a row. Hurry into Ram Power Days going on now. For J.D. Power 2022 U.S. award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Coming up on the Mark Divine Show. Your life is consistent with your beliefs. If you believe life is hard, you're going to have a hard life. If you believe what I have to say is not important, you're not going to speak up. I have people look at a belief that they eliminated and how their lives changed. So I say, if you create your beliefs and your beliefs create your life, what does that make you? The creator of your life. Welcome to the Mark Divine Show, where we learn to be unbeatable and develop an unbeatable mind. Thanks so much for joining me today on this show. I like to explore what it means to be courageous by speaking to the world's most inspirational, compassionate, and resilient leaders. I have a broad range of guests, folks from all walks of life, monks and blockchain wizards to stoic philosophers, and people who have discovered how to help people heal by identifying unsupportive beliefs and eradicating them. That's my guest today, Shelley Lefko. Shelley is the co-founder of the Lefko Institute with her late husband. Her clients are people who struggled with changing long-standing behavioral and emotional issues like procrastination and fear and relationship stuff. Her approach frees them to live a more joyful life. She does this by identifying the root cause of the problem, which is a limiting belief, and eliminating those beliefs in a matter of hours. Her approach has been validated by independent research from the University of Arizona, published in the Journal of Clinical Psychology. Lefko Institute has helped over 20,000 individuals make lasting change to their behaviors and emotions. She's also the author of a new book called Hitting the Wall, Eliminate the Beliefs that Sabotage Your Business and Your Life. Before I get into the show, I wanted you to know that I'm opening up slots for our Unbeatable Coach Certification and our Unbeatable Team for 2024. The Unbeatable Team is an amazing year of transformational training. It's where I direct my full attention and time in coaching and training. I don't do it anywhere else. It's here in the Unbeatable Team that I can give my full attention to help those deeply committed to transforming to become uncommon in a world that you know is rapidly collapsing into fear, moral relativism, and mediocrity. We meet virtually every month as a team, come together four times during the year for three days of powerful in-person training and practice, and I'm here to help you break through any barriers and to crush all of your goals for 2024. So if you're ready to go deep with me and willing to do the work, I can guarantee amazing strides will be made. Go to unbeatableteam.com and unbeatablecoaching.com to learn more about these unbeatable events. Now, back to the show. Thank you so much for joining me on the Mark Divine Show. Super stoked to have you here, ma'am. Super stoked to be here. Psychology and therapy have been near and dear to me since I married a therapist at 31 years old. Uh-huh. <laughs> and like I remember as I was dating her, I told her, I, you know, I had the perfect family. And then she went home and actually met my family. And she on the way on the way back, she goes, about that perfect family. <laughs> we, we need to talk. I had the exact same experience. Did you really? Totally. I told him, we ca- I came from Father Knows Best. And he met my family. And he on the way home, he said, Father Knows Best on drugs? <laughs> 
I know. Oh my god, that's so funny. Everybody is living in you know multiple sheaths of illusion, right? And so therapeutic process, behavioral change like CBT, you know, or nervous system resets like EMDR and all that. They're just like attacking at it by trying to remove the conditioning to be able to see more reality, more truth, right? And so I hadn't had the opportunity to have the conditioning of understanding that this veil of perfection was not real, right? That my family had kind of drawn over my eyes. So that's why it's so important for people and listeners to to take the time. And if, if therapy doesn't appeal to you, then like start meditating, you know, or do both ideally, right? You got to do both. Tell us a little bit about your um, origin story. What led you down the path that you're on and some of the influences and the experiences, good, bad, and ugly? Yeah. So the first thing is what I do is definitely not therapy. Thank you for clarifying that. You're not trained as a psychologist. Absolutely not. Oh, you're like me, where you just did out, went out and said, let's see what works, and you find, found a way to help people. Yeah. So my origin story is my late husband was on a personal spiritual journey to discover why people know what to do and don't do it, or know what not to do and do it. Everybody knows if you eat healthily, if you exercise you'll live longer and you'll have a better quality of life. And yet they don't do it. Some people know going into a relationship, they see all the red flags and they go in anyway. We know that if we do what we need to do, our lives will be better and yet procrastination is huge. So he said, why is that? Why do people know what to do but don't do it? And he went on a journey and he was on a plane going to California, the short version, and he kind of downloaded this process. And when he got off the plane, he was going to pitch somebody. He was a business consultant. And he used the process on the people. And they hired him on the spot. And they had five people they were supposed to be seeing. And they wanted motivational people. It was the state of California was going to look at getting people off welfare and onto productive lives. And they were looking for a motivational person. And they hired us to do this work. And so he came home. And my origin story is, he said, wait till you see what I created. And he didn't say created. My husband was very humble. He said what I downloaded. And he had a friend of ours who said, I want to be in a relationship. I'd like to get married again. And I just keep meeting the wrong guys or I don't meet anybody. And he said, what do you believe? And she said, I believe that marriage is suffocating, that you have to give up your own independence, that men are selfish. And she starts sprouting these beliefs. And he did the process with her and eliminated the belief. As I watched him do it, Mark, I was like, I literally almost fell off my chair. That spirit whacked me on the head and said, this is what you're here to do. Like, I am on this planet to do that. Yeah, and you, you two were complete twin rays in that regard to come together so you could carry on that work and implement it. Yeah, and I've been doing it for over 30 years. And here's the interesting thing. 30 years ago, when he discovered that beliefs were the source of all of your problems, mostly unconscious beliefs, are the source of your problems. Get rid of beliefs, you'll get rid of the problems. 
people used to say beliefs, like you mean religious beliefs. What do you mean? Today, everybody knows that beliefs cause our behavior and our emotions. From what I can see, we're the only ones who know how to permanently eliminate them. That's interesting. Yeah, I'm excited to learn more. You know, many people think of a belief as something that's cognized. And what you're saying is really, uh, it's the unconscious programming, which is what I was referring to earlier as a sheath or a way of knowing. And in my program, I call it a background of obvious. It's obvious to everyone else but you because it's in the background. It's part of your context and not the content until it bubbles up in content in the sense of I can't or I, I won't, right? Even though you can cognize and, and even you can even create words around based upon what you've read and what you know to be right and say, I should not eat that ice cream. But the belief that bubbles up is I can't not eat the ice cream because I need it for some reason. Yeah. So first of all, a belief is a statement about reality that we hold as the truth. And I love what you said because people know that their beliefs are silly. I have worked with five Harvard PhDs who had the belief, I'm stupid. Mm -hmm. I believe it. It's completely irrational, right? Because these beliefs are formed in the first six years of our lives or seven years of our lives, right? Yes, sir. That's amazing. Okay, so you start back to your story. So you fell off your chair <laughs> as you had this kind of sudden awakening that this was your work, like this is why you were on the planet and why you were with your husband, bless him. So what then happened? You guys started a business or like what did, just start helping people? Yeah, first we were working in businesses. Like as consultants or? Yeah, and um, doing belief work in business. And then the economy tanked, it was 1980 whatever it was. I can't remember. And we had a big house in Westport, Connecticut, and we were doing really, really well. We had a staff of people and business, and we lost everything because my husband, my late husband, started paying people out of our pockets, which you should not do. We were doing wonderfully well, and we were considered in those days charm school you know, we're going to bring in people to build your self-esteem and change blah, blah, blah. So a lot of our contracts got canceled because of the economy. And then he kept paying people and I was complicit. And so we lost our house. We went into debt. And then we decided to change the way we were doing it and work with individuals. That's when we started creating courses and products. We have um, 19 of the most common self-esteem beliefs that people have that you go through on video for people who either can't afford sessions or don't want sessions. So when we have courses, I'll tell you something a little later about a course that we have that's based on how to get rid of an emotion in the moment. So we just shifted the whole business. We reorganized. We moved to California because he always wanted to live around conscious people. So we live in the Bay Area. So isn't it amazing, like in retrospect, how those breakdowns really are necessary to open up the possibility of the prayer, prayer of the ground for the next stage. And I have worked with people in virtually every country. I have a client now in Saudi Arabia. And I sit there and I say to her, are you really in Saudi Arabia? I know. <laughs> How could so you live cool. there? Doing this work and, you know, Good for her. Uganda. It is what got me through my husband's death. You know, I was devastated, but to get out of bed every day, and thank God I did my work, and just serve people 
see people's lives change is mind-boggling. I work with people. One of my favorite populations is people who've been sexually abused in some way, rape, date rape, you know, incest, because we can quickly get rid of the beliefs. See, our premise is what happened to you is not what's hurting you today. Yes. What you include and how you shape the memories and then the story you tell around that. Yeah. I was speaking at a conference in Costa Rica and this man who is a serial entrepreneur came up to me and he said, we have to write a book. This is the missing piece. And I said, okay, that's what I was going to call a book if I ever wrote it, the missing piece right? Because all the courses that people take are wonderful and amazing and they learn things and they come out and they go, oh my God, that was the best course I ever took. And they took pages of notes. And three days later, the notes are in the drawer and there is no change because the missing pieces, you have beliefs in the way that keep you from utilizing all this great information that you learned. So he's an attorney. He owns a law firm and an entertainment company and he said, I always wondered why my clients don't listen to me. I give them great advice and they don't listen. And that's where Morty, my late husband, said he would go into companies and do consulting. And they'd say, this is brilliant. This is fabulous. We're going to do what you said. And six months later, he would check in and they didn't make the changes because corporations have beliefs. People have beliefs. That's what a corporate culture is. It's the beliefs of the company. So we wrote a book about entrepreneurship. And I'll tell you something very ironic. So it's called Hitting the Wall, Eliminate the Beliefs that Sabotage Your Business and Your Life. And came out in um, November. When my husband died, Mark, I did not know the first thing about running a business. I didn't want to run a business. I didn't care about running a business. But suddenly there you are. <laughs> you got it. Three, two, one, go. Three, two, one, go. <laughs> You're not kidding. So thank God I had eliminated the beliefs that would keep me from doing it. And I just kind of stepped up and took it on. And my business has tripled what it was. And it's like a miracle. When did Maury pass away? Eight years ago. Eight years. Okay. Yeah. So the fact that I wrote a book, or we wrote a book on entrepreneurship is <laughs> pretty insane. Right. That's interesting. So the book Hitting the Wall is about is really geared toward those in business who are trying, who are seeing that limiting beliefs are impeding their progress, or there's a perception of that. Yeah. It's astonishing how you take someone who does a lot of work and builds this amazing building on shaky foundation because the beliefs never go away. The foundation is shaky. Yeah. It's way smarter to work on the foundation first, isn't it? And then build on top of that. Yes. You know, it's hard to transform a business that's on a shaky foundation. Right. But you are such a phenomenal example of someone who became something that I don't know what the percentage of people who become Navy SEALs are, but it's minuscule of the population, the commitment, the dedication, the discipline, the everything that it takes. My client's son is was a Navy SEAL, and I've had two clients who were Navy SEALs. And I hear stories of what you had to do and you know the it's mind-boggling. 
And yet the beliefs don't go away. You know, you would think like you have evidence like, oh my God, I am this amazing human being and nothing's going to stop me. And I work with CEOs or people who call me and they go, Shelly, I'm worth $20 million. When is it going to be enough? When can I stop trying to prove it? And I say never until the beliefs go away. It's going to be driven. And even if the beliefs go away, it's okay to earn more money. Just be clear about why you're doing it. And or I should say who's doing it, right? That's part of my work is understanding who's the real doer in our world. But um, I'm dying to, to know what was unique about the process. What do you call it, by the way? Do you have a name for it? It's called the Lefko Method. The Lefko Method. Okay. Lefko Method. So here's what's unique. I'm going to make an assertion, okay? A statement. It is impossible to not believe something you think you saw. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right, because it's your it's imprinted in your reality. So you've got some story about it. No, because you can see it. Yeah. If somebody said to you, Shelly has jet black hair, you'd say, No, she doesn't. And they'd say, Yeah, she does. And no, she's a redhead. I saw her. I mean, I, I saw that she was a redhead. So if somebody said, Oh, Mark is this weak, sissy guy, they'd say, oh, No, he's not. <laughs> I saw he was and it feels like you could see a belief. So let's take the most common belief that everybody has. I'm not good enough. Mm -hmm. Now, some people have what we call good survival strategy beliefs. What makes me good enough is achieving things, Mm -hmm. taking care of people, pleasing people. Whatever your survival strategy is, that will drive your behavior. I'm not good enough is a beach ball. So now we're holding the beach ball underwater. What makes me good enough are my achievements. So as long as I'm achieving and making a lot of money and and I'm the CEO and I'm the, then this stays underwater, but it's exhausting because you have to keep doing it. Right. It takes constant reinforcement. Now, when you go back to where did I'm not good enough come from, as you said, self-esteem beliefs, not all beliefs, but self-esteem beliefs are formed in the first six to eight years of childhood. So if you have a father who's critical or, you know, demeaning or a mother, children, every child alive in every country around the world wants three things, affection, attention, acknowledgement. And when I ask clients in Uganda or wherever, what is the one word question every little kid asks all day long? Everybody says the same thing. Why? Exactly. Why? Why are my parents criticizing me and yelling? Why can't I live up to their expectations? Oh, I see. I'm not good enough. Now, when I take clients back to those events and through a bunch of steps, which you can also do in video, you don't have to work with me. I ask them the question when I get to that point, doesn't it seem like you saw I'm not good enough? And every single person says, yes, I saw it. Now, if you see something, you believe it. You can't not believe it. Yeah. I saw a pink water bottle. Don't tell me it's green. Anything you could see. So first of all, that's why our beliefs stay with us through 15 years of therapy. Because I get people who've been in therapy and I say, doesn't it seem like you saw I'm not good enough. And they say, I did see it. The Harvard PhD, every time he said something, 
that his father didn't like, he'd slap him on the back of the head and say, genius. So when I said to him, doesn't it seem like you saw it was, I'm stupid. Because I said to him, you have a PhD from Harvard and you have the belief I'm stupid. And he said, well, I conned my way through Harvard. (laughs) No amount of evidence will get you to not believe something you think you saw. Mm -hmm. So when he got, I never saw I'm stupid or I never saw I'm not good enough because anything you could see has a color, shape, and location. What did you see? I saw my father hit me on the head and say, genius. Mm -hmm. You didn't actually see it. I saw my parents criticize me. I saw failing in school. I saw my parents' face of disappointment. Oh, where was I'm not good enough or I'm stupid? It was internally generated, right? Oh. It was in my mind. I made that up. Mm -hmm. Then some people say, but I still felt it. All of your feelings come from the meaning you give events. And most of the meaning that you give events come from your beliefs. So if you get rid of your beliefs, you won't have those feelings. You get rid of the belief, I'm not important, and somebody ignores you. You can't do it the other way around. You can't work on the feeling and have it traced back to the belief and then get rid of it. Or No, yeah. but here's what you can do. You can get rid of a negative feeling in the moment. I'll teach you in a little bit how to do that because I want to have something you can take away from this. But the feeling, see, events have no inherent meaning, right? We don't know anything for sure because something happens. I would agree 100% with that. There's an infinite number of variables that go into every single thing that happens. And yet we're so trained in the linear cause and effect, especially in the Western world, that we want to point to the immediate proximate incident and say that's the cause or person. Yes. All of that is accurate. But here's the simplicity of it. Meaning is in your mind. Right. It is never in the event. I agree. So my husband died. There were consequences. I miss him. It was horrible. But it doesn't mean I'll never be happy again, or I'll never love again, or I'm going to starve to death. And those were some of the meanings I gave it when I didn't want to get out of bed. So grieving is healthy. Not wanting to get out of bed, not healthy. (laughs) So I would do this little process that we teach what happened? Morty died. What meaning did I give it? I'm going to starve to death. I don't know how to run a business. What else could it mean? Well, could mean you're going to step up. Right. But the fact that he died doesn't mean anything. It's not that it doesn't matter. It just doesn't tell us anything for sure. So if you have a negative emotion, and when I say negative emotion, it's an emotion you don't want. I don't know about you. I don't want to feel sad, afraid, anxious, depressed, down. I just don't want to. I love those. I try to wallow in those all day long. It's just awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Throw something hard at me. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, some people say, what do you mean negative emotion? There's no negative emotions. I said, that's right. There are emotions you don't want. Exactly. If you want them, knock yourself out. I'm not interested. So you can use this little technique and you can get When you have a negative emotion, what happened? What meaning did I give it? 
And if you just get that the meaning's in your head, it's not in the event, the emotion will go away. But if you get rid of your beliefs, you won't give the meaning and then you won't have to do that. It is as natural as anything. Okay, we're going to take a short break here from the Mark Divine Show to hear a short message from one of our partners. You know, over the years, I've had so many clients who are looking for a silver bullet. They want to know what I do for exercise and what I do for diet and what supplements I take, and then they'll mimic it. But I always come back to them and say, you know, that, that is not the right way to go. You need to personalize and customize all of those things. And that is also true with your medicine. That's why I'm excited to introduce you to our sponsor, Wild Health. Wild Health was founded by two emergency room physicians, and they take a proactive and preventive approach to healthcare. They call it precision medicine. They use your genetic makeup, your biometrics, and other lifestyle data to help you determine what you need, what your body needs as far as nutrition, exercise, sleep, and supplementation, ultimately helping you function at your best now and in the long run. If you're struggling with stress, your cortisol level, which is the primary stress hormone, may be elevated. 50%, check that out, 50% of all wild health patients have seen their cortisol levels improve following their health recommendations tailored to their unique genetic makeup. Wild Health is amazing. I've been using Wild Health for close to a year. Renowned health and wellness expert Ben Greenfield, my friend, said Wild Health is literally going to change the world. I agree with him. Personalized medicine is the way to go. So check them out when you have a chance. Go to wildhealth.com to learn more. They're fully virtual, available anywhere in the United States. They pair each person with a care team. So you get a board-certified precision medicine physician and an accredited health coach who you can connect with anytime through their convenient app. Once again, wildhealth.com, Mark Divine Show listeners get 20% off the cost of membership. That's a significant savings. Using the code unbeatable, wildhealth.com slash unbeatable. Use the code unbeatable at checkout. Make this commitment to yourself. Start taking control of your health today at wildhealth.com. And now back to the show. You said earlier this idea of like seeing the belief. I really agree with that. I've never articulated like that, but uh, I have said, and I have no evidence, but I have this lived experience that memories always have imagery associated with them, like true memories. Otherwise, we wouldn't call it a memory. There might be some energy in the body that you could call a feeling, but if it's not tied to a memory, you can't peg it in time and space because there's no image associated with it. And I also agree with the assertion that imagery of memories or of events in our past is always something less than truth because it's a mind-generated creation. And so I use imagery quite extensively in Unbeal Mind Program to change our relationship with our past. I guess this is my version of your work, but not sophisticated. I haven't fleshed it out as much. I just call it recapitulation. And the work is with imagery to try to identify where those memories were corrupted or created in a corrupted manner. So imagery for me, like it's a powerful tool. You know, it's also how our minds can kind of trap us in, in these represent, you know, virtual representations. Essentially, everything is a virtual reality. We're living in this virtual world and that's where the meaning is, right? Because if you really want to get down to brass tacks, if you look out through these eyes, what you're really seeing is just energy. Everything else is a virtual creation. What I see as a table or a chair or my hyperbaric chamber it's all just energy. It is my mind that constructs it into that size, shape, color, words, and then creates that reality. 
so virtual reality is all based on imagery, just like in the gaming world. And so that's how we create our representations of the past. And so I just wanted to share that because I think that it's profound that you discovered that and that you could get people to see or to claim that they could see a belief even when that wasn't the truth. It's because their mind created that. Yeah. Thank you for that. At the end of the process, you'll love this. What we get people to see is, so I have them look at the beliefs they eliminated. And you can eliminate between one and five, six beliefs in a session, depending on how you work and how available your memories are. And we say, where did those beliefs come from? And people say, I created them. Ah, we live as if we are our beliefs. Who I am is not good enough. Who I am is not important, right? And if you existed before the belief, you can't be your belief. And if the belief disappeared and you're still here, you are not your belief. So if you're not your belief, then who are you? And what I get to people to see is notice your life is consistent with your beliefs. So if you believe money is scarce and hard to get, guess what? If you believe life is hard, you're going to have a hard life. If you believe what I have to say is not important, you're not going to speak up. So here's the thing. I have people look at a belief that they eliminated and how their lives changed after that happened. So I say, if you create your beliefs and your beliefs create your life, what does that make you, the creator of your life? So I have them close their eyes and I say, and everybody could do this with me, you come into this world as a little ball of consciousness before you created any distinctions about yourself, life, or people. Do any exist? Just raw potential, pure potential. In that space, what's possible? Anything. What limitations do you have in that space? None. What's missing in that space? We all live as if, if only this, if only that. In that space, is there anything missing? And they say no. And they're in an altered state of consciousness where they experience themselves as pure potential, as you said. And it's very powerful. Morty and I used to have these conversations about table land, you know, and he'd say, it's all energy. And if I had electromagnetic microscopes for eyes, I would see energy. Guess what? If you bang your head on the table, it's going to hurt. <laughs> so there's um, a duality of both you are the creation and the creator. As the creator, anything is possible. But you also took a lump of clay, called it Mark or Shelley, and we put all these beliefs on the lump of clay. And then we got a lump of clay that looks like this and like this, and we don't know why. But if we put the beliefs on, we can take them off. And that's really powerful. I love that. Where are you going with this now? I mean, you've been at this for a while. You know, you picked up the pieces when Morty passed on eight years ago, and now you're helping a lot more people. Are you, is this just going to continue to run its course until you check out or like what's happening in your future? <laughs> yeah. I'm looking for two things. So I believe, Mark, with all my heart and soul, that this process can not only help entrepreneurs be more successful, people have better relationships, but it can totally reverse the recidivism rate in this country. Yes. We did a research study with prisoners, uh, people who were actually getting out. 
And we had 12, I think 12 of them. And we did very controlled study and we produced statistically significant behavior change in, we did three research studies and this one was just off the charts because prisoners, people in jail have beliefs like this wife beater. I thought that was fascinating. He had the belief, if you do something wrong, you deserve to be punished. Mm -hmm. And the way to be punished is to beat. So when he was a kid, that's what happened to him. So if his girlfriend does something wrong, he beats her. (laughs) You know, we had somebody who shot people. He didn't kill anybody, but he shot people. And his belief was, his father told him, "If if somebody gets in your face and razzes you and you don't shoot them, you'll lose respect in the hood. You know, so he shot people. He got rid of that belief. He was the sweetest man. He came to my home for dinner. He played with my little daughter in Connecticut. So I want people to come to me, which is one of the reasons I do these podcasts. First of all, I want somebody to run my business. Sure. <laughs> so I got that. To- I'm with you on that one. <laughs> yeah. So. But I want somebody who who's passionate about this work. I think peace in the Middle East. I think peace. It's all beliefs. Absolutely. All Jews hate Arabs and all Arabs hate Jews and they're out to get, it's nothing but beliefs. Now they have to be willing to do the work and we have to figure out how to do it in mass. So that's really what, what I want. I have two daughters and it's hilarious. One only works with business people, charges a fortune more than me. (laughs) I have another daughter in Hawaii who, interestingly enough, did ayahuasca two years ago, completely changed her life. Good for her. She stopped drinking. I mean, she wasn't alcoholic, but she was a bartender and she drank a lot and she got completely healthy. And she's not like a 12, she's not like, I stopped drinking and uh, it's just, Just her life is different. I don't drink. I don't do this. And all of a sudden, she was my non-spiritual daughter. She's a big wave surfer. You know, she's a little powerhouse. And all of a sudden, after this journey, and she's done a couple more, she's like very spiritual. And now she wants to do this work. And she's in our training. She's getting certified. She's gone through the whole training, even though she's grown up with it and really knows it. She wanted to do it the way everybody else did. And She's on the opposite end of the spectrum of what my other daughter charges for right now. But so it's very cute. I'm kind of in the middle of the two of them. So hopefully right now, neither of them want a business. They don't want to run a business. or mm-hmm. you know. So we have to work some things out, but it hasn't happened yet. People come to me and they go, I want to get this work out into the world. This is amazing. Yeah, I've had a ton of that. For some reason, it hasn't happened in that way yet. So we'll see. I trust the universe. Right. Trust. It'll happen when it's the right time with the right partner. Yeah. That's cool that your daughters are doing the work, though. I really appreciate the work you're doing because, first of all, I think it's all hands on deck. You can look at the world in, from the you know, unitive perspective and say everything is exactly the way it's supposed to be. But then from, when you look at it from kind of like the duality perspective of what's really going on, you're like, yeah, yeah, but it's kind of a shit show. We're at the long tail of a long period of serious control and violence and negativity that's just been like a shadow over our world for a couple thousand years. I mean, the yogis talk about the Kali Yuga. We're we're coming out of that dark age of time. And so it's really on us warriors who understand that 
to flourish, for humans to flourish, they have to be positive. They have to eradicate the shadow and the negative belief systems, and they have to move away from fear and violence. And when you do that, you, you begin to vibrate and, and your consciousness elevates and, and you begin to attract that which you want in the world, what you want to see. It's like, Ghani, you, you first be the change you want to see, and then the world will change around you. And we can do that at scale through these podcasts and through our books and through thousands and thousands of people doing this work and then teaching it and coaching and mentoring and just showing up. Do you have kids? I have uh, two stepdaughters and a 24-year-old adopted Hawaiian son. Oh. How's that? I didn't need to clarify all that or classify all that. I guess I'm a classic California family. <laughs> yeah. Different, but awesome. Incredible people. Yeah. Here's why I ask. The other thing I want is when, when Morty died and I had to take the business, my parenting business kind of got put to the side. But I believe with all of my heart and soul, if we become conscious parents and we are become aware of how our behavior is impacting our children, the beliefs that they will form. So for instance, if you don't hit a child, they will not have the belief that violence is a way to get what you want or handle things. War could stop. If you teach your children the values of kindness and compassion and love, you will raise a conscious generation of kids. The world will change. The world will change. Yes. This is why I'm so, I'm very optimistic or bullish about the future. There are those who are before us who are at the vanguard and now we're doing the work, but you know, it's the second, third generations that are growing up now with language and conversations like this being the norm, as opposed to like even 10 years ago or 15 years ago, you and I didn't have a platform for conversations like this. Far fewer people are interested especially men, you know what I mean? And look how quickly it's changing. And we're at the tail end, right? I'm, I just turned 60 this year. But when I look at my 24-year-old son and my 13-year-old granddaughter, like they already take things that we thought we were, you know, like in the past, we were pushing a rock up a hill like Sisyphus. They just take it for granted. And so I think in 20 years, you know, there will be some tumultuous times from the tail end of that violence I was talking about. You see it happening, you know, the drum beats of war and all that. But I think that we're going to quickly come to a place of kind of abundance and mutual support, I guess, globally. But it's, it's the next generation. It's two generations removed from me that is going to lead us there. I know. My grandson is 10. And you'll appreciate this. His dad was military. And, and when he was little, if he did something really shitty, his dad would say to him, Loki, don't be a dick. <laughs> and the first time I heard that, I kind of went, and then I said, huh. It's better than hitting them. That's good. It's a good message. <laughs> Don't be a dick. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. But I tell parents all the time to listen to your kids. My Loki once did something. He pushed a kid off the lanai in Hawaii. And it was just this momentary, like, that just happened. And months later, we were riding in the car. And I said something to him. And he said, oh, I don't deserve that, Mimi. And I said, what? And he said, yeah, yeah, no. And I asked him what? I never asked why. Why is meaning? Meaning is made up. Why is a terrible question? For everybody listening, don't ask why. Ask what? What happened? What can I do about it? What did you feel when I said that? What can we do to change it? Even how is fine, but why is a shit question? <laughs> so I said to him, what do you believe, honey, that has you say you don't deserve it? 
And he said, I'm bad, Mimi. I said, you know, it could mean you're bad and it could mean you did something that didn't work. I tell parents, don't use bad and good, right and wrong. Things work or they don't work. Hitting doesn't work. Hurting people doesn't work. Stealing doesn't work. It just doesn't. So I said to him, you know, there's not a person on this planet that didn't do something they wish they didn't do. We all do. And so we did the process. Did you ever see I'm bad? You saw yourself push a little boy off the lanai and he's fine. And did you learn something? Yes. So will you do that again? No. Great. So that was a learning opportunity and all mistakes are learning opportunities. So I'm very cognizant of what he's concluding given what he sees and what happens in his life. And thank God he lives in a place where he's a free range kid. You know, he bikes every place. He's 10 years old. He's on his own a lot, but he's not home staring at screens. My daughter won't have it. Good for her. Yeah. That's an epidemic that needs to somehow get reined in as well. It's important to to trust your kids, but also to protect them from the control or some, you know, I have the saying that if you're not training your mind, then someone's training it for you or someone's training your kids' minds, right? So the constant plugged into social media and, and it's mind training. And so do you want your kids to be trained by that? Or do you want them to be trained by nature, by the, by the waves, by the sunshine, by their friends out in the park? I know what a big difference that would make. Yeah. I wanted to make a distinction when I, when I brought that up. The distinction was we have to start raising human beings and not human doings. So, you know, we all say to our kids, you did this, you did that, you didn't, you took out the garbage, you did your homework, you didn't do your homework. It's doing, doing, doing. You scored a goal, you got an A. It's all about doing as opposed to, I love being with you. You know, it's like being with you, Mark, you're very thoughtful. Like you're really listening and you rock it and you think about it. And you say, wow, is what I'm teaching the same or different? And what can I learn here? That's so inspiring to me because you're 60 years old and you're still growing. Hey, we're just getting warmed up, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, we are. I feel that way too. <laughs> Thank you. But, you know, I always say what you say interests people. Who you are inspires them. I love that. Yep. And when Morty died, no one said of the 100 people who were here, no one said, Oh, I loved him because he went to the University of Chicago. Oh, he, he wrote three books or he created a process. That's not what they said was he was the most loving man I ever met. He was present. He was non-judgmental. He made me feel special. They talk about who he was, not what he did. No one cares. And yet, if you have the belief what makes me good enough are my achievements, or what makes me important are my achievements. You have to keep doing it, and your kid becomes your achievement, and they have to excel because otherwise your I'm not good enough comes up. Absolutely. Well said. And I, I know a lot of people who just heard that were like, yes, shucks. She's right. I know it. I've heard it a million times, but I'm still doing it. So it's time to get off. If you go to eliminatebeliefs.com, you can eliminate a belief for free and have a direct experience. There are three of the most common beliefs. 
EliminateBeliefs.com. EliminateBeliefs.com. Is that how you like people to connect with you? Uh, or do you also do social media or how do you? Yeah. I mean, you can also buy the book. Um, we take you through the process. It's supposedly for entrepreneurs, it's for everybody. but it's about all the most common patterns that people have, procrastination, worrying about what people think of you. You know, when I got rid of the belief, what makes me good enough is having other people think well of me. That's when I got my life. The book is called Hitting the Wall. Eliminate the beliefs to sabotage your business and your life. Yes, sir. Well, Shelly, this has been a really, really enjoyable discussion. I really appreciate you. Thanks so much for, for doing the work you're doing. And I thank your husband, right, for the work that he did, laying the foundation and your daughters. Yeah, stand by to support you any way I can. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. You're an angel. It's been a pleasure. That was a fascinating episode. Thank you so much, Shelly. Appreciate your time. Appreciate your presence and your wisdom. I love that admonishment to not ask why, but ask what. And to describe you know, this idea that every belief has an image associated with it. That's powerful. So we can change the image, we'll change the belief. Check her out at eliminatebeliefs.com. The show notes for this show will be up on my website at markdevine.com. You can find the show on LinkedIn or on the website or wherever you listen. You can reach out to me on X at Mark Devine or on Instagram or Facebook at Real Mark Devine. Plug for the new newsletter, Divine Inspiration, which comes out every Tuesday where I have a blog that I write every week. I have show notes for the week's podcast, a book I'm reading, other really cool inspirational positive things that come across my desk. Check it out and share it with your friends go to markdevine.com to subscribe. Thanks so much for my team, Jason Sanderson, Catherine Devine, and Streamline Media, who will produce this podcast and bring incredible guests like Shelley to you every week. Ratings and reviews are very helpful, so if you haven't done so, please consider doing so wherever you listen or watch. It's very helpful to help others um, give the show the credibility it deserves. Thanks so much for being part of the change you want to see at the world. As Shelley and I discussed, we can do that at scale, support the next generation to usher in a more positive, prosperous, and uh, balanced age, let's call it that. Till next time, stay focused, be unbeatable. Hoo-yah.